Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Nerds as Friends. My name is Cody Leach and as always I'm joined by Christian Garcia. Hello. And uh, live via Skype we finally figured out how to do it. We have uh, Kelsey and Alexa from the Psyched Podcast. Hello. Hi. And uh, we are super psyched to have you on here. I actually wrote that nice I, I to see, be here. Nice, yeah, I wrote that joke down. <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget it. <laughs> Cody's sick, so we're gonna forgive a lot of. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if some of my uh, some of my jokes don't sound as well rehearsed, or if you notice my voice is a little lower than it is normally, that's because I'm sick. So I apologize in advance, but uh, we're gonna make this happen today. So thank you, everyone, for dealing with this. <laughs> Well, we're super excited to have you guys on, um, and we're going to jump into some of uh, some of the things you do on your podcast, uh, which we're super excited about. Um, but before that, let's start, as we always do, with our nerdy confessions, where we confess the things that make us nerds. Christian, you want to go first, or you want me to go so first? So I am continuing my Stephen King uh, audiobook trend. And oh, I- man. I just finished uh, Mr. Mercedes, which I believe one of you guys also had read, correct? Yes, I've read it. Love it. Yes, it was so good. Uh, it's very different than the stuff that I've usually read of his. Um, but actually, so I, I love it. Uh, everyone go out and listen to it. It's great. Um, I eventually will watch the show. I don't want it to ruin the book. I just, I'm a third of the way of the second book now. Oh, so there's more than one book of Yeah, Shady? so the second one, Finders Keepers, and oh. I don't remember the third one. End of Watch. End of Watch, yes. So I don't want to watch the show until I finish the three books, but it's very, very good. But I wanted to ask to see uh, – well, first I wanted to mention I love that Stephen King, he usually makes his villains either uh, racist or incels or both, <laughs> and I love it. Um, they always, always even, – even Randall Flagg, who was like a demon or a half – Wizard, wizard, sorcerer, sorcerer semi-immortal. Also racist, which you think he's been around for almost forever. You think he would? Yeah, you think he would have worn off? Yeah, by you now. think he would have worn off? But no, he's still, um, <laughs> still racist. Uh, um, but I wanted to ask, like, he's how, set in his ways, Christian. I guess, <laughs> man. <laughs> when he was made, yeah, there was, yeah, it was different like, times back then. <laughs> but I wanted to see um, how close uh, Grady, the villain, like. Was Stephen King like on the mark on like a psychopath killer or was it off? What I wanted kind of your guys' professional opinion. And don't worry, everyone who's listening is going to take it like you guys totally mean it. And it's a professional uh, <laughs> opinion on it. Don't say that. <laughs> so professional, clinical, 100% truthful diagnostic yeah. opinion. From a fictional character, yes. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think that, in my opinion, he definitely would fit uh, the diagnostic criteria for a psychopath. He had no empathy for anyone, and um, just, like, his oh, creepiness <laughs> in general. We'll say spoilers. Um, now, is that, is we'll that say- a clinical term, creepiness? <laughs> yes, creepiness. I was just going to follow that up. I think that was criteria seven. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a spectrum of creepiness. Yeah. We're all on the spectrum. <laughs> and we'll, we'll say spoilers in case you want to talk a little bit more. I don't care if it gets ruined for Cody. Well, but I, I care. <laughs> I care if it gets ruined for Cody. It's good. It'll be ruined for me, too. Yeah. yeah don't, don't ruin okay, it. Okay, okay, fine. Yeah. Don't ruin it. But it, it is really good. I And again, I'm well, I mean, I'm not a professional in any sense of the word, but I yeah, thought... Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> not but, even a professional podcaster. Yeah, getting there. <laughs> getting there. Um, but I don't know. Like, I guess I wanted a professional... Because to me, it just seemed like, yeah, I could totally see someone like this doing something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, one thing that really stood out to me about this character is just how manipulative he is. And then in the third book, End of Watch, he makes a reappearance and you'll see even more what a manipulative person he is. And um, just like his lack of empathy, lack of remorse for, um, spoiler alert, uh, mowing down like an entire group of people that are just waiting to apply for a job in his car. Okay. That's like the beginning. 
And um, he just has like no regard for anyone's lives. He he kind of like makes it a mission to kill as many people as possible. Wow. And and I'm assuming the sense of entitlement, like he just he feels like he should be having more than his lot in life. But it's like, okay, what what makes you feel like you you know you you don't deserve to be where you are? And like he hates people who are just in better places in life for no reason and like for no reason whatsoever he just blames other people for for where he is i don't know if that's close to a clinical or if you know i just i'm kind of curious to how off or on the mark stephen king would be i think in general he's pretty on the mark i think what you're talking about would probably fit more under what we would call like a narcissistic trait um and Brady definitely has some narcissistic traits in addition to uh, the psychopathy. Um, And that's not uncommon at all. (laughs) I would say most psychopaths have some spots of narcissism in there. Wouldn't you, Kelsey? Oh, yeah. There's that thing that's called, isn't it called like the dark triad, which is like Uh psychopathy, narcissism, and there's a, what's the third one? Creepiness. Oh, gosh. We've already, we've creepiness. We've already established creepiness. It's creepiness. <laughs> yeah. But it's this like uh, known, established triad of personality traits that uh, the most violent, awful psychopaths have. and But narcissism is part of that. Awesome. I knew it. I could be a doctor. I knew it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I've you're, read enough books. You're halfway there. I'm halfway almost there. There. <laughs> there you go. Just go to school and then, uh, then, then, then you'll be good. Uh, just a paper saying that I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my nerdy confession uh, is I recently just watched the uh, the new the new Watchmen series on HBO. First episode came out this week, um, and it's kind of uh, it's kind of had some controversy about it. Because it's nothing like the Watchmen comic book at all. What's poster, right? Yeah, so it's supposed to take place after. So a lot of people are, you know, um, kind of like, like, oh, it's not the same. Oh, I just wanted a better version of the comic book. But I think Minority Confessions, I actually really enjoy it. It's like, you know, it's uh, that guy, David uh, Lindoff, I think his name is, who did like Lost and uh, the the leftovers on HBO and it's just like creepy and like there's weird things happening. But, uh, I think it's going to be a really good se- series. I haven't seen the episode, but at least from the trailers, it just seems like there's a Rorschach cult. Uh, yeah, they're a Rorschach white supremacist cult. Oh, I didn't get oh, that part. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, um, all the, all the police officers wear masks. So they hide their identities. And then there's all these like, uh, so I guess if you looked at, um, if you looked at the original Watchmen comic, it's it's a lot about, about like government control and, and who's watching them, who's who's watching the Watchmen. Right. That's kind of where it gets its name. And this one is trying to tackle uh, issues that are more uh, prevalent today, like, you know, uh, you know, race tension between uh, both authority figures and citizens. So there's all these like. The police, they wear masks to cover their identity so that they don't have retaliation from these, uh, like, terrorist cells and things. And then if they want to draw their gun on a suspect, they actually have to phone in to their commanding officer. and They have to release it from the car. I love it. That should be implemented. Well, it doesn't work out so well, okay? (laughs) so, uh, But uh, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting show. And I think it tackles some of the things that we're kind of uh, talking about today. Um, So I think that, you know... Why would they just make a new series that's just the comic book? I think that making a new, more pertinent series dealing with newer issues makes sense. I, yeah, of I, course. I think it would be cool. All right. How about you guys? Uh, let's. I guess we'll start. Uh, Alexa, what's your nerdy confession? So my nerdy confession is that after rewatching Breaking Bad for the fourth time and then and watching the new movie that just came out. Ooh, um, I've gotten really... It, I highly recommend it. It's it's amazing. Okay. Uh, but so watching all this stuff has gotten me super interested in like just science things lately. Like taking math? So... 
<laughs> yeah, like cooking mats. Let's just figure it out, um, guys. Let's all four of us will figure it out. I'm pretty sure between all, well, maybe between me and you, we know a guy. <laughs> we, might, we might know a guy. <laughs> hey, what makes you guys think that Alexa doesn't already know how to do yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. that's fair. Ooh, good to know. Yeah, I'm a Wait, chemistry you? mastermind. Oh, there you oh, go. Nice. Yeah, I feel like with your knowledge of the sciencey stuff and our knowledge of that series, I figure <laughs> we could probably make a go of it. <laughs> I could use the money. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Me too. <laughs> well, so I've started, like I said, getting into just extra science things lately, and so I put picked up this book called The Disappearing Spoon, Ooh. and it's basically the history of the periodic table of the elements. And it's just a bunch of random facts that go along with it. Um, And so I've learned a bunch of like dorky stuff about every element in the periodic table. What's what's name something about rhodium? Go. (laughs) Uh, I don't know about rhodium, but I can tell you that thallium is the deadliest element. Ooh, really? More than what was it? Arsenic? Yeah, or like plutonium. That's yeah, because your body absorbs thallium like more than any other element. Interesting. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice. So stay away from that one. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep away when I see it at the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, um, I find that one thing that's kind of cool about living in an age where, like, the Internet's a thing is that all sorts of cool information is at your fingertips. So as long as you kind of know the right search terms, you'll eventually, like, go down a rabbit hole of fun videos to watch. I just love seeing what Neil deGrasse Tyson's up to. Like, that's that's my favorite thing on YouTube. Just like, didn't mm-hmm. he get in trouble lately? Uh, he, I think he was like he being creepy. His claim. He was being creepy, but he like got away with it or something, and they dismissed his claim. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Or he, the the sexual assault claim. Yeah, he had a, like a, a a Me Too uh, accusation from I think two, one woman, two women. I don't Those, remember. I think two, yeah. Yeah, but uh. At least one of them was way back from grad school. Yeah, True. I, I remember one of them was like a long time ago, and I was like, "Well, you know, if if we can't trust Neil deGrasse Tyson, I mean, geez, I mean, just I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson does seem like kind of a narcissist. He seems oh, kind of he creepy. He definitely seems creepy. He's a hundred percent a narcissist for sure. Creepy. I get. I mean, like you said, we're on, he's on the spectrum for sure, but I don't know how. <laughs> How far he is. Yeah, I mean, we can ask them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he does... He does. He actually tutored my dad in physics. Oh. No way. That's or crazy. maybe it was organic chemistry, I think, actually. Yeah. Well, maybe we could get him but on yeah. here and ask him. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> Why did so you molest yeah. those women? <laughs> I, maybe, maybe he'll give us an exclusive. Um <laughs> But yeah, I really, I really like find, finding cool new sciencey facts. So I'll have to check that book out. What was the title of the book again? Disappearing, the Disappearing spoon. spoon. And so, how does have you gotten to the part where the spoon plays into it? What's that about? Yeah, apparently, um, I wish I could remember which element it was. But apparently, there was like this trick where they would make a spoon out of some element and essentially like when you put it in something hot it would just dissolve oh. and people would play tricks on each other with this witchcraft witchcraft, witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> you go too far back then you just get burned at the stake i remember That's always the answer witchcraft. yeah i remember yeah. there's a there's an element i think it's called gallium where it's like it looks like like aluminum or something like that but then just the heat from your hand can cause it to melt, so you can like get it, and it'll just melt into your hand as metal. That's also witchcraft. Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, how about you? What's your uh, nerdy confession? Well, I do. You guys read Brent Weeks? Mm, I don't. Do you know that so. author? No, I don't. Okay, I'll be honest. So if you if you like fantasy novels, you have to read Brent Weeks. Okay. Anything from Brent Weeks. He's amazing. But he just released, I think, the last book in a four-book series. And it came out two days ago. So the series is called Lightbringer. Oh, I've heard and of the, Yeah. And then the book that just came out is The Burning White. And so I am waiting for my husband to finish it so that I can read it. Nice. Yeah, I'm always looking for new fantasy books because my, one of my favorite authors is uh, Brandon Sanderson, and um, yeah. I've, I've burned through almost everything he's written so far. And now, 
If I, you like Brandon Sanderson, you would love Brent Wheat. Excellent. Oh, well, check well, that out. That'll be next. I've heard I've heard of that series, so it, it it's uh it's definitely popular out there. I'll have to check that out. And it's is it done now or is there gonna be more coming out? I think so. I think this is the last book, but don't quote me on it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because you already got me on the Stormlight Archive and it's three of seven. So yeah, yeah. Now I, I gotta wait for the other four. Yeah, I know. And There's I hate so that. many coming. I, I thought it was just... eleven. I think it's even more than seven. Are you serious? And he's yeah, on it's, three. It's a lot. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's gonna be a great series for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we've already kind of gotten into some of, some of what you guys do on your podcast, but why don't you give our listeners like a brief little overview of what you guys do on your podcast and you know some of the topics you cover. We mostly just drink and talk about psychology. <laughs> well, that's all. Well, there it is. Yeah, there, so it is. there it is. You just wrapped it up now. No. <laughs> but how'd you, uh, how'd you guys come up with the idea? So Alexa and I are both psychotherapists, and we had talked for a long time about how we wish we could do a podcast about psychology where we could dissect pop culture figures. And... So then we just did it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so that's like podcast. We look at real and fictional figures from pop culture and dig into their psychology and try to come up with whatever research we can find to try to explain their behavior. Nice. Yeah. So re- researching you, I listened to quite a few episodes and I mean, you did like Walter White. That was a great one. That was know. awesome. Uh, Heath Ledger and his dealing with the Joker and then uh, Michael Jackson was also really interesting, too, because I had just watched all those documentaries about, you know, leaving Neverland and all well, that. I believe Dave Chappelle cleared it all up and said those guys were lying. Uh, <laughs> they didn't seem like they were lying, Christian. I don't know. I'm not a professional. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but definitely not. Dave Chappelle said it with a lot of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> um, so when you're kind of... What does the process look like? Because, you know, obviously for our podcast, uh, we just kind of show up, mess around with the phone for 20 minutes to get Skype to work, and then we start going. <laughs> and then the magic happens. And then the magic happens. Uh, wh- what kind of research goes into your guys making your guys' show? It seems like it's a little bit more involved than that. Oh, dear God. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so we trade off. So every week, one of us does the full like hour long episode and the other person does the mini sode, which is like 20 or 30 minutes. And we comb through our academic libraries and look up peer reviewed research articles and come up with a whole long script that we actually read off of for most of the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. We have a script too. Yeah. It's on the phone that they're on that. I can't (laughs) even look at it. (laughs) Well, that's it's so cool. I mean, you know, I will say that listening to your show, it it definitely sounds well prepared and you guys make some awesome points on it. Um, it, It's really it's really fun to listen to. And especially when it's a character that, you know, that you're interested in, like, you know, like the Walter White one was really, really cool. And I think, you know, spoiler alert, it was like, oh, he's just a dick. It was kind of like (laughs) <laughs> it was just kind of the resolution of that episode. I think it was a little bit more complicated than oh, that. Oh, no, it buzzed. <laughs> yes, uh, it was a little bit more complicated than that. But uh, No, I think you nailed it. Walter White's pretty much just a dick. He's just a, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just a dick. But he had a cause. I mean, he's trying to make money for his family. He thought he was going to die, you know? Oh, God. I had to fix the phones. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he definitely started out. Uh, I think our heads got cut off. He definitely started out that way, um, but then, you know, towards the end, he's just like, "Oh, I just want to make an empire." Now, now I just want to be the best meth maker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, you know, be the best at what you do. You know. Yeah, meth. You know, whatever. <laughs> no, but like, did you guys know that the writers of Breaking Bad said that the entire series takes place over like a year or something like that? Really? Oh, that's yeah. It's weird. like a two years. Two. Wow. Two years. He two years. climbed that corporate ladder descent. really fast. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. how long does it take to cook meth? Asking for a friend. Because <laughs> it, <laughs> it seems like they went through several batches and then they went to different labs and they. 
had to execute different you know what? drug lords. More respect for Jesse because he learned that really fast. Yeah. From being a shit meth maker. That's true. To almost mastering it. Yeah, I know. He, he did a really good job. Respect. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think real quick of uh, El Camino? You know, without spoiling too much of what happens in there. What do you think? I loved it. I thought it was perfect. Um, I was really kind of concerned they might like fuck everything up and just add a bunch of weird shit in. So but language. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, <that's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they added on really nicely to Jesse's story yep. and in it were able to bring back some nice flashbacks that just kind of added a little bit of something extra. Yeah, I like that. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an entirely different like skewed offers and it was just like a nice little wrap up for jesse and his character and his two friends which uh it's it's so funny because they're just a bunch of like you know dopey pothead drug dealer guys <laughs> yeah but when he's like when they're like giving him the money out of his pocket and he like he gives him the hat i'm like oh they love him yeah i mean i know I, they cared so much yeah i, I kind of got that sense from them in the show yeah, yeah, it seems like they always cared. It's just it's just funny because you know they're also you know you know they're just kind of shitty people because they're you know these meth dealers. <laughs> they are addicts. Okay, <laughs> they are true. sick. They're with dealing a with a disease. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of nice to see like the little bromance going on between the three of them, and then yeah, and then you know little scenes that they extended between him and Walter. It was pretty awesome. I hope they do. Yeah, more I geeked out over that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was like it was kind of like Jesse's Better Call Saul. I need to. I never finished Better Call Saul. I me need neither. To, I need to pick that up again. It just wasn't as interesting. Oh, me too. Oh, he he was like seeing how what he was to what he ended up becoming, um, and just watching at least the season that I saw. I was like, dude, I get it. <laughs> like yeah. life is shitting on him, and he's trying his best. Not that I'm saying he should have made some decisions, but his brother was a piece of shit. Oh, like I, I don't know if I even got that oh, far. Yes, he was. But brother was oh piece of shit. Oh, oh. breaking up. That's another bit. clinical diagnosis. Yeah, piece of shit and a dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm learning so much. When you boiled down all these all these new terms, I you know I'm gonna have to add them to my to my <laughs> repertoire. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. let's. Uh, I think one of the cool things is, you know, obviously it's uh, October, Halloween, and the Joker just came out, um, which is, you know, sweeping the movie world by storm. So you guys saw the new Walking Phoenix Joker movie, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, for before we get too far into, what'd you think, just overall, general, as a movie? I loved it, and Kelsey did not. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Wait, let's yeah. get, let's get. I want to hear um, Kelsey's opinion first. <laughs> okay, so I think well, just as a movie, I, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. It was it was solid, you sure. know, a, an even sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, 60%. oh, I didn't know that. Uh, no, it, I think it's I think it's higher. That's what oh. I'm giving it. I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a sixty eight percent. Okay, that, that's interesting. I would have I would have actually thought it would, would be higher, but that that's good to know. Sixty eight. I don't remember what certified fresh is. I don't know. Yeah. So so it's what sixty? Sixty. Okay. So what what were your what wasn't working qualms with it? So I have qualms just as a movie watcher, and then I have qualms as a clinician. Let's get both. We'll get we'll one of each. I like that. Okay, so I qualm as just a watcher was I thought it was just very predictable like the whole thing it was like okay I know just exactly where this is going and well, so nothing turn was into ever the Joker surprised. by the end of this he's definitely gonna <laughs> yeah. be the Joker <laughs> surprise just, he was Batman it, surprise he's Batman <laughs> yeah like I don't it just nothing seemed that creative from that perspective <laughs> okay I gotcha and then and then and then as a pro yep as a pro, nothing about his mental health made any sense. You didn't think that his uh, his weird laughing disease uh, made sense? No. So there actually was 
actually is a weird laughing disease. That's a real thing. And yeah, I forget I the know. name of it. Pseudo bulbar affect. That's it. Whoa. Yep. Nice. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So that's real. But there are all these qualities of his personality that don't seem to make sense. Like, uh, it really seems like he suffered a traumatic brain injury. Really possible. Um, they do make that mention of when he was a little kid and he was chained to the radiator. He was found with a head wound. And yeah, so it's possible that he did suffer a traumatic brain injury as a child, which could could explain some of his odd behavior. But then, like, the murderous behavior doesn't make sense given his age. And he's definitely no criminal mastermind, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. For that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it seemed like he really f- kind of he kind of fell into that almost. So basically, he, he, it seemed like he was a little too old, and he came, kind of the uh, murderous intent kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, it definitely came out of nowhere. Um, and then there was this other quality where he seemed to have a below average IQ. Yeah, yep. Especially in his journal, like he was misspelling words really well instead of sense and, he would put sense well that was part of the joke christian because it was sense like money right i mean i kind of first i you thought have that to was, read that well joke first to get it. i thought that that's what he meant that like he wasn't making any sense it wasn't making any money and maybe he would make more sense dead yes but i was like or maybe he's just wasn't that i feel like that was an actually good joke i think you should let him have that one <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So and, and you know, I think that I definitely agree. It, it kind of the 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 shift came quite suddenly, and he really, really like leaned into it once he had killed those lawyer guys on the. Well, I felt like they tried to show hints of it, and I, maybe it wasn't enough. Like when he when they were trying to get him to pay for the sign, and you know he's trying to make his point, like while well, I was robbed, and then it cuts to him outside kicking the shit out of some garbage. Yeah, and. You know, you, I'm assuming he was imagining, you know, it was his boss or whatever. Like, I felt like... And then there was also another part where they cut where he was in the mental <coughs> hospital and he was banging against the wall. And then mentioned mm-hmm. that he was hospitalized before. So it's yeah. kind of like maybe they were trying to drop hints, but maybe... I think maybe because they wanted to keep his character also sympathetic that they didn't show too much of it because they... Obviously, the movie wanted you to feel sorry for him. Right. I agree. Yeah, I think it's really hard to actually feel sorry for a psychopath especially if you're representing them accurately because usually their misbehavior begins in adolescence so if they were trying to make him out to be a psychopath then they would have had to show him being this really problematic teenager who's like skinning animals and stuff like that well i mean i I read that they purposely did not want to like pick one mental illness because they didn't want to make one group of people feel bad or that they were poking so they, they just left it at we're not gonna pick a certain one it's you know open he's got a lot of them yeah or all of them or you know we're not gonna you know specifically pick one and maybe that's why i didn't come through too well i, I don't know or that's my guess I don't that's interesting so they they did that on purpose they didn't want to choose one specific mental health disorder because they didn't want to alienate one group that's what um the director and uh joaquin phoenix said i, I guess mm. them together um kind of came th- up with the came character. up with a lot with the character i respect that thought process i don't respect the execution because i think it ends up really muddling the concept of having problematic mental health and just really lends credence to this idea that people with mental health problems are really crazy in an unknowable, unpredictable kind of way. I I just didn't like that as a clinician. Makes sense. Makes sense. I was like, it's not accurate. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's been quite a bit of, I think you're not alone in kind of analyzing that way too, because I've heard other people saying that like his portrayal wasn't, you know, it either, kind of missed the mark or you know it was too generalized i i have heard a couple things like that um i i think it was you know per- personally i really enjoyed the movie i think you know obviously it's not going to be anything crazy new from the joker he's batman's enemy and he's crazy 
I still don't and think that he's going to be the Joker that we all know. I think he's going to be the inspiration yeah. of the guy who eventually becomes the Joker. Just because of the age difference between him and Bruce Wayne, it's not going to make sense. So like when Bruce grows up in his 30s, Joaquin would be, what, 60, 70? So Maybe. it's like it wouldn't yeah. really work. <laughs> Old Joker. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, – I- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I like that idea. Like, if, if if they end up making more of these movies or try to turn it into a Marvel kind of cinematic universe type of a thing, I think I like the idea of there being a different Joker who actually becomes the kind of Heath Ledger type Joker that we all know and love, who was just inspired by, you know, Arthur Fleck. I like that idea because there's no way Arthur Fleck could actually turn into the Joker everybody knows. And that's exactly what I said, that if if DC just uses this as the launching pad for a universe, they really got something going. I think it would be great because the previous stuff are not so great that much, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, they'd be foolish not to, but DC is constantly being proven foolish. That's yeah, so. Fair. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens, but I like that idea. I like that he either you know inspired someone else to take up the mantle. You know, you saw that with all the people wearing his his mask and riding in the city in the end. You know, I think that's a definitely a plausible you know next movie kind of thing. As long as it's not what's his face uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad, Jared Leto. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> poor Jared Leto. Re- really. I mean, really, though? I mean, like, he tried really hard, okay, Christian? I mean, so? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I do appreciate his effort as well. Yeah, you know, it's I, I feel for the guy. Now, I didn't particularly enjoy his portrayal, but he took he made some choices, you know? I mean, that's a nice way of putting it. Yep. <laughs> you have to say it like that, otherwise... You, know. you tell me that the hand... <laughs> hand thing yep. was, that was a good choice it was a choice i didn't say it was a good choice yeah I, I think the i think the character design was weird and out there but you know i don't he, he, he made, gave it a hundred percent he made money i don't feel sorry for him yeah like had, had he done the role for free you know for the passion of the character and then oh i didn't get picked for the next well, he, movie like he, he's in a band christian he doesn't have to act for money he does it for the passion <laughs> whatever <laughs> he ruined a great character <laughs> yeah it, that was an, that was an interesting one for sure and yeah he's he's very upset about how he much tried he- to stop this movie like get out of here he dude. Did? yes he tried to stop it he talked he had one of his managers talk to one of the producers to try to stop the movie because they didn't pick him so screw oh that. Oh my god! baby. What a cry baby. Thank you. Yes. The professional that's another professional term we just learned. Cry, cry baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I you know, I think uh as far as uh between I, I like the idea that maybe even they could do another one of these movies and it could lead into Heath Ledger's like Joker and it's just hinted at the end. That might be kind of a nice one. And then that makes this canon for the other Batman. Yeah, or he inspired other villains, you know? I I mean, that's one thing that I really liked in the movie was, you know, not that they killed those three guys, but the inequality. Oh, I like that. (laughs) But the inequality (laughs) of of everyone who was really broke, and in particular, they did not paint Batman's dad as a good guy. Oh, yeah, he he wasn't a good guy. Thomas Thomas Wayne was... uh, he was hard to swallow. But also, sure. <laughs> at the same time, is that really what he was like? Is that Arthur Arthur's perception of what he was like? You That's know, true. is that you know we don't know. You know, what lens did we see that from? Yeah, because when he was telling people, you just need to pick yourself up from your bootstraps. Like, really, my guy, I can't eat by picking up by my bootstraps. Yeah. You know, you, I could try to eat the bootstraps. <laughs> you know, <It's> like, but <laughs> boil them for soup or something. <laughs> One thing that's that's so cool about you know having someone with some you know um, mental disorders or whatever he he and Joaquin Phoenix had in in that uh, movie was that it creates kind of an unreliable narrator the whole thing with his with his girlfriend I thought was really cool or his you know quote-unquote girlfriend where you find out that everything was fake and I really I really enjoyed that in your guys professional opinion did he kill her oh yeah I don't think so what do you think Alexa I've gone back and forth on this one. I I don't think he did. I don't know. I just can't accept that he did. Yeah, I feel like 
there, I don't there would think have been some the, sort of hint. I wouldn't think he would have killed a child because he seemed to genuinely care about kids. Yeah, he really, yeah, he, he really had uh, kind of a strong connection with children, and little just people. like Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Well, also, the Joker is not a clean killer. Every other murder that he committed in that movie was extremely bloody. Like he got really messy mm-hmm. every time he killed somebody, and he walked out of that girl's apartment with not a speck on him. That's a fair. So point. I just kind of. Yeah. I don't have faith in his ability to murder her and not make a mess. So I like that. I think she's right. I co-sign. Yeah, yeah. I think especially with that, the last one where he's actually at Arkham Asylum, and he's talking to the counselor, and then you see him walk out, and he's got like the bloody footprints and yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, know? yeah, exactly. I th- I think there there would have been we would have seen some sort of hint of that if he had actually killed her, but. Yeah, I still wish they extended the scene longer with Robert De Niro and him because their oh, so their back and forth was really really great. That could have been the entire movie, and I would have watched the crap out of that. Because <laughs> I felt like they were both bringing up amazing points. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the city doesn't care about me. I was going to all these appointments. I was doing what I needed to do. You guys cut the uh, the funding. He's like, had that been me who got killed in the subway and not those three guys, like no one would have gave a shit. And I was like, damn, fair points, man. Fair point. No one would have given a shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, uh, Alexa, we haven't talked to you about kind of what you thought of the movie, right? Uh, so you you enjoyed it overall? I did. I, first of all, really appreciated Joaquin Phoenix's performance. And I just think he's a really great actor in general. And so... I really enjoyed his depiction of the Joker and just how he really went for it. Um, And I thought he did a really great rendition on it. Um, And I also really liked that the movie kind of did highlight the sort of like disparity that is pretty prevalent in mental health treatment as far as like Arthur not being able to obtain his medications all of a sudden and, you know, funding for therapy was cut. I mean, that happens a lot and people are left just kind of, uh, fucked and with no other options. And so I appreciated that they did kind of bring that to light and really show like that this is a problem. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And um, I think that, you know, regardless of how his character is portrayed, I think that one thing that the movie does really well is kind of, you know, shows how, you know, people are, you know, uh, basically ostracized from society and how, you know, the between the upper class and lower class, there's such a disparity between, you know, the options out there for care and what could potentially happen when, you know, people are neglected and, and, you know. Well, being here that we were from San Francisco, we see so much of it. There's the extremely wealthy oh, and yeah. the extremely poor. And you can totally see just the uh, <laughs> like the huge differences. Yeah. Lifestyles. Yeah. And when, you know, a program is cut off suddenly people have, you know, it, all these things take time, you know, any sort of, you know, government-sponsored health care or, you know, um, public programs and things like that, you know, they take a long time to get, you know, approved for. And in the meantime, you know, someone like Arthur is just kind of left fending for himself kind of thing. Um, did, now, overall, uh, there's been some, contra- you know, controversy about the movie about saying it glorifies violence versus, um, you know, people saying that it, you know, paints a, a bad light on people with mental illness. I'd like to kind of hear what you guys thought, like is overall, does this movie kind of uh, help or hinder um, people with mental illness as far as like, uh, I don't know, public, public perception or um, do you think it has good messaging or bad messaging? I guess. I mean, I think if anything, it's fairly neutral. I don't think it was, I don't really think it glorified violence any more than literally any other movie or TV show that's on the air right now. Sure. Um, so I wouldn't agree with that. I think people need to kind of calm down a bit on 
the concept of making a violent Joker movie. Like, I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it did a great job of displaying mental illness just because it didn't really display a very accurate mental illness. So I think those of us who are really compassionate to the concept of having psychological problems would see it and think kind of the stuff that you guys are saying, like, wow, what happens when people don't have access to appropriate care? It's really tragic. But then I think people who are maybe not quite so compassionate or so enlightened would look at that and go like, yeah, people with mental illness are fucking crazy and they need to be taken off the street. Yeah, definitely. I I think that's, you know, I think you're right. I think it, depending on the the viewer, maybe, um, you know, they can kind of take it two different ways or even more. And, you know, maybe that, maybe the people writing those articles saying that, you know, uh, this movie should be banned and this and that. Well, I believe a lot of those were the, um, the city where, the guy oh, from Aurora, Colorado. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that was a lot of the pushback from the movie. They were saying that they shouldn't make it, that it's you know offensive to them, and it's like, dude, like that's. I mean, I totally get it. I totally understand you're coming from. You know, if you knew someone who died there, um, I totally get why you would want to watch it. But no one's forcing you to watch it. You know, like you can't yeah. really force your views on er- on everyone else you know like no one's forcing you to watch it no one's like shoving your face or or dragging you to the theaters like just don't support it don't watch it and no one is going to judge you for it yeah i mean what's i oh go ahead what's ironic about that is that the guy who committed the aurora colorado shooting actually did have a pretty serious mental illness yeah i mean wasn't he studying i think he was studying like um neurology or something well, I don't know. I don't yeah, I, I think he was a grad student, but he definitely had um, some schizophrenic spectrum disorder. Like he might have been schizophreniform or he might have had schizophrenia, but he for sh- he was being treated by a psychiatrist and he was diagnosed with a serious psychotic illness. Yeah, I mean, um, I, and I think that, you know, re- regardless of what, you know, he did, I don't think that he was particularly incited by the movie itself. I mean, you know, maybe it was an excuse kind of thing, but obviously he was suffering from something and, you know, it just happened to be a Batman movie that, you know, kind of triggered him, I guess. He was probably playing a lot. Yeah, of I Call totally of agree. They're playing mm-hmm. a lot of Call of Duty. I'm sure. I just, it makes me, I'm, I, this I'm, episode brought to you by Call of Duty, Modern yeah. Warfare. <laughs> I just like, there was a, a, like I don't remember. If, I, I know I saw it on YouTube, and I don't know what news reporting channel it was, but it was um, a kid who he didn't get Halo Three, and like this police, this detective, and like the whole news station were blaming it on video games and violent video games. Like, dude, what games was like? You know, all the other previous psychopath killers. What were they playing? I'm pretty sure they weren't having Halo Three. Well, Jeffrey Dahmer yes. was into uh, Diablo. Was he it was in the Diablo? first Diablo? <laughs> or was it World of Warcraft? No, no. World of Warcraft was John Wayne Gacy. Okay. He loved it. And Pac-Man? And Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all, like, all those guys were popular I, before computers were ever like... <laughs> like, I mean, I and I feel, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, or, you know, forgive me if I'm sounding too harsh, but I just feel like that's a way for shit parents to feel better that, oh, I, it's not my fault. It's the video games. This relieves the guilt from me and puts it on them. Like, I played those video games, but my parents made sure, like, this shit's not real. Like, this is a game. And if, if for whatever reason, like, they didn't, they felt something wrong, they would take it away. And I feel, I don't know, like, am I right? Maybe. You guys are professionals. You can tell me if I'm not. I have my doubts, but, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a definitely kind of like you said, it's, it's, they're looking for some sort of reason um, like to make sense of things. And like, if it's some sort of outside source versus like, you know, the child's upbringing or just like something wrong with the kid, then it's a lot easier to swallow that than like, Oh, it's just this video game. It's all the video games fault. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to kind of point at something and say, you know, that over there, is why this happened rather than trying to become more introspective and say like, Oh, you know, where, where maybe have I contributed to the situation? So, um, I think, you know, 
whether it's violent movies or violent video games or, you know, um, any other sort of like, you know, cyber, you know, uh, media based, uh, you know, I don't know what you would call it. I think it's the illness. Gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but like, um, you know, things like things that are, uh, contributing factors to, uh, violence. I just think that, you know, one thing we have to realize is that, you know, humans can be violent there's people who are, you know, capable of terrible, terrible things. And if we don't recognize the signs early, you know, and get, you know, try to, uh, remedy the situation, bad things can happen. I mean, that's, that's how I see it at least. I mean, I imagine that if we looked back, we would find references to people saying that fictional novels were dangerous to society because it would give people bad ideas. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there was too, wasn't it? Well, there was like, people thought the Beatles were a bad influence on teenagers. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? Yeah. But people yeah. thought that D and D was a bad influence. People thought D and D back in the eighties was like satanic. Right. Right. Yeah. There was the, uh, the, the, the sat- satan- satanic panic, satanic panic. That's yeah. What it was called. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, everyone thought that the Beatles were like devil worshipers and they would like buy a bunch of Beatles albums and burn them at their church. meetings. Wait, so they like gave that. them money. And well, then burned it. Well, that's what John Lennon said. He's like, "Well, I'm just glad they bought them." I mean, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where we're messing up, Cody. We need to do some really messed up offensive things. Something messed up so people can burn our merch. Yeah, <laughs> then we make some money. Fire sale on nerdsfriendspodcast.com. Um, awesome. Well, well, I mean, I think that you know, uh, love it or hate it, I think this movie is definitely going to change kind of the course of dc's hopefully you know, cinematic you know experience hopefully um hopefully we'll at least see some more thought out better you know quality films from them but so know, what what mental illness did jared leto's joker have oh yeah in your be, professional in your professional opinion i think he was he definitely had a lot of uh he had a super different ego compared to walking phoenix oh for sure you know what i mean he was egomaniac for sure you guys agree with that one? I didn't see it. Alexa, did you see it? I saw I've seen it. Yes. I'm I feel like there's nothing I could diagnose him with. His behavior it like it doesn't fall under any sort of pattern of behavior. It's just a whole amalgamation of weird shit. Yeah. He's just a dick. Is <laughs> what, what I you know. think it comes down to. <laughs> Yeah, there is one character from the new Joker movie that we actually could confidently diagnose with something. Okay. Ooh. Uh, so, you know, the whole storyline with uh, Joker's mom and she had that delusion that she was in a relationship oh, with yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Batman's dad. Mm-hmm. Bat <laughs> Thomas dad? Wayne. Thomas Wayne, yeah. Bat, Bat dad. dad. I like Bat Dad. Bat Dad. Bat Dad. Bat dad. That was actually a pretty accurate representation of something called erotomania. Ooh. Ooh. Can we get a, for us ignorant people, uh, what, what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> so it is a type of delusional disorder where someone is operating under the delusion that they are in a relationship with someone that they're not. And that delusion can go pretty far. It often leads to people stalking their victim so the person that they are having the delusion about they will end up stalking them but then that delusion can carry so far as to something called phantom children and they will believe that they have a child with the person that they are obsessed with even when they maybe that child doesn't exist but it can actually apply to children that they do have so his mom despite the fact that he was adopted thinking that she that he was like the love child between her and Thomas Wayne totally fits with the concept of erotomania. Ooh. Ghost babies. Ghost babies. That's so Now, cool. would this apply also to people who think that they were abducted by aliens and had um, kids with aliens? No. No. Okay. That's different. <laughs> that would be a different type of delusion. Yeah. Those guys are just weird. <laughs> they that that would be a paranoid delusion. Interesting. I have seen those like uh, where they hypnotize them and they bring back memories and they remember having like children with like repti- reptilians or something. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Hypnosis is a little sketchy, though. Yeah, I, that's not a real thing. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. We're learning so much. Yeah, well, I, I had my doubts, Christian. I didn't really believe in hypnosis. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, well, thank you guys so much for breaking it down for us. I mean, it's, you know, most of the time when we're here talking about movies and stuff, it's just us making stuff up on the spot. It's nice to have some professionals actually lead us down the right path. I think you pointed out some great stuff. And particularly with the the whole mom thing, I would have never forgotten. Yeah, ghost babies. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I don't think that they're dad called had ghost, ghost babies. That <laughs> dad and his ghost babies. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to us. Why don't you tell everyone uh, where we can find you, what you guys got going on, plug whatever whatever you want to plug. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you should definitely check us out over at the Psyched Podcast. You can find us on whatever podcatcher you like to listen to your podcasts on. And hit us up on Twitter, Psyched Podcast 1 on Twitter and Psyched Podcast on Instagram. And we would love to see you there. Yeah, and if you hit them up on Twitter, they will do a podcast with you. Pretty much guaranteed. That's how, I don't know if that's this was a. It um, worked out for us. This Christian. was a nerds with friends exclusive. Exclusive. That's right. <laughs> well, well, thank you guys again. It was so awesome, and of course, everyone can listen to us at uh, nerdswithfriendspodcast.com and all of this podcasting uh, websites they just mentioned. I mean. You know. Oh, and before I forget, oh, I was okay. supposed to... You're ruining my outro, I Christian. I'm so sorry. I ruin everything. Uh, <laughs> You're so not a professional. <laughs> After talking to these ladies, I definitely have a higher standard for what you're bringing to the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for Amy Cap at uh, Cappy4219 on Twitter for following. Uh, we're having a great Stephen King discussion. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, thank you for following. Cool. Well... That's great. Thank you, Amy. Uh, and thank you, Christian. You know, as much as I give you a hard time, uh, it wouldn't be the show without you. Oh, so. I know you love me. Ugh, God. And uh, to all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and good night. We'll get our theme going and then we'll jump in. All right. All right. We can curse on your podcast, right? You certainly can. Oh, we encourage it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, guys. <laughs>